business. Well, thank you, Lord, for this time. We thank you, Lord, every every time that we realize that you are God and we're your people, Lord, and we know that we just know and we rejoice that you are God. We're just thankful, Lord, that you've you've chosen us, Lord, chosen those that have have given yield, Lord, to what you did for us through the Lord Jesus Christ, Lord. I just thank you, Father, for this moment. I thank you for the Helper, the Holy Spirit. I welcome uh, him into this moment of time to minister life to us and, and dig into our our hearts, Lord, and help weed our gardens and help us bring things into perspective, Lord, that you'd have us. So thank you, Father, for a very fruitful day for all of us, and we are appreciative of you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. So anyway, we ask the Lord to be here, and he's here. Well, you know, a lot of things go through my mind uh, uh, just as I prepare constantly anymore. It's so exciting for me to have an opportunity to put something into people's lives. I love to teach the Word of God, and it's not, for me, it's not a display of what I know, because what I know wouldn't fill a bucket very full, but what I do know has made such a difference in my life and my family, and in my heart, I... I would just love to have everybody have at least what I have as far as peace and uh, and victory and and again not super knowledge I would never claim that but it it's something that's in you it's called a giving heart and it's one of those things that I've noticed been around a lot of people over the years a lot of Christians a lot of churches you're always looking for that giving heart if I go in to be fed somehow I'm looking for that heart that wants to give you know I like revelation I like good preaching sometimes but I'm looking for that heart that wants to invest in me and so I guess uh, for me it's a desire to display that same thing because whatever I do have you know Jesus said what I have I give unto thee uh, it's just a, it's just a, it's something about giving you know, we, we when we think of giving so often, we think, well, we'll go help somebody out or it's got to do with money. And it does have to do with those. But there's something about if you want to grow, it's like investing in others at, at whatever place you are in life. And it's fun. It's joyful. I mean, it's like how many know it's, uh, you know, more it, we you know more blessed to give than to receive. But for me, I love putting this word into people because guess what it does? It opens me up to new revelation knowledge in areas of my own life. It, the idea is to grow, isn't it? The idea is to get better wherever we're at in life. And we, we all know we'll get older, but what we want to do is get better <laughs> at what? And that's, that's the focus. So Wednesday night we talked about something. I want to go back there in James chapter 1. So you have your Bibles, which I hope you do. Uh, go there and look at this. Starting in verse 2 here. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Now, when somebody would quote that scripture, the question is, who's the tester? And nine times out of ten, even Christians that ought to know better will say, well, it's God. Because I hear even well-known People on television talk about God testing them all the time. Well, they can talk that way, but but you know what this really refers to 
It refers to the challenging of your faith, the challenges of your life. Does anybody live that doesn't have challenges in life of some kind? Nobody does. Some challenges are worse than others. But it's knowing that that this challenging, of, which is going to come, you know, it, it, God doesn't have to send it. <laughs> Even the devil doesn't have to send it. It's going to be there when when you're building a house and it falls off the blocks. That's a challenge, right? Uh, so the challenging part is that you want to get better. So you take that challenge, and it's not like somebody say, well, it's God wanting to teach me something. No. Well, He desires that you learn from it. But more than that, He wants you to get a hold of this Word so you can grow from it and not let that happen again. We've all been out there. We've been in things, and you know, we said, well, I'll never do that again. But then, you know, the thing is, turn right around the next day and do it again and, until you finally get the lesson. <laughs> no, we aren't going to do that again. So, the, the real way that ought to read is the challenge, uh, challenging of your faith produces endurance or perseverance. Hey, we don't give up, do we? We want to persevere. But guess what? We do it better by seeking His his leadership in it. Because then He'll give us the revelation knowledge. You know, I always felt that when I'm believing for something, whether it's healing or if it's a financial deal or whatever, or healing for a child or whatever it is, it doesn't matter what it is, I always feel that I'm probably one revelation away from victory. Because you know that revelation is when God drops something in your heart because you're seeking Him. And all of a sudden that light bulb comes on and you say, wow, that's what we're looking for. Now let's go on down this uh, here. So in verse 4, let patience, which should be, say, endurance or perseverance, have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So the goal there God has in mind is that you grow and you start walking in victory in some of these areas. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith without doubting that he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. You know, it, it's like this is common, oh, by the way, but through the years being in a lot of situations uh, and had some hard lessons, we'll just keep it in the ministry realm. Or somebody will go ask me what I think about a scripture or whatever, and, well, I'll read it or whatever, do my best, and then they'll run over to somebody else. Well, what do you think about this? Or what do you think about this? Well, you know, the best thing is to ask God, isn't it? And if they want your wisdom, then they should have just stayed with you. <laughs> That's just a note, by the way. But uh, uh, anyway, there's a point here. And I want to hit it again. I want you to mark 11.23. And many of you have heard this a thousand times. And I've seen it a thousand times. But sometimes there's something new that pops out of this even. In here he said, For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will come to pass, he will have whatever he says. Verse 24, Therefore I say unto you, Whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Now you can just go through that thing, read it real fast, but the point is, and I'll ask this again, 
When do you start believing? When you pray. Now what does that really mean? Maybe you've heard it a hundred times, but what does it mean? Couple that up with asking for wisdom. What does it mean? You know what it means? It means the instant you set your faith, everything goes into action. It's not like, oh, let's pray and then, well, we'll see in a few days. No. You just set your faith towards heaven for whatever it is you ask, needed, or whatever. Whatever you request to know. And I know in, in Mark 23, we're talking about uh, dealing with mountains. Same way. If you're going to speak to that mountain, expect it to be gone. Otherwise, we get into this wondering realm of, oh, I hope it happens. Yeah, I hope it happens. I hope it happens. Yeah, well, that's a never land. Never, 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 never. But there's just something about the way I saw this. So you set your faith and that is set right then. And like we talked about the other night, if it's wisdom and you ask wisdom, believe you have it. Hey, we're born again children of God. The Holy Spirit is resident in her all the time. He's sitting there to help us. When we ask for wisdom, guess what's going to happen? It's going to be imparted from the Holy Spirit to your human spirit. You just need to draw it up here somewhere and quit letting your soul run your life. Now that's good preaching. <laughs> yeah, that's easier said than done. I have, I admit. But see, wisdom can come in, I'm in a second, and I from from looking at this, from ministering it to myself many times, many times, Sandy and I want to know what to do. We'll grab hands. We'll put that scripture back to the Lord. He loves it when you tell him is what his word says. And almost sometime, instantly, you know what to do. And if you don't know what to do, just keep walking and expect that answer to drop in you. You know, you might out, be out walking somewhere. You might be doing the dishes. You might be fixing fence. And all of a sudden, boom, there it is. You say, wow, that isn't what I was thinking. And that's a good way to tell if it's God's wisdom too, isn't it? Because it's crossways with how you reason. I mean, that's my clearest time of knowing. I just heard from the Lord because it's stuff I never would have thought of. <laughs> Isn't that cool? Now, let me give you another example here of, uh, of some importance of this. Go to Daniel, 10th chapter. And of course, some of you have been into Bible prophecy. You, you understand this 10th chapter and the and this so on that Daniel was set. He wanted revelation. He was seeking the Lord. He, he needed to know some things. So here, let's start out in first verse, chapter 10 of Daniel. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel, whose name was Belshazzar. Shadazar. The message was true, but the appointed time was long, and he understood the message and had understood had understood the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. And during those three weeks, he said, I ate no pleasant bread, no meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. In other words, he just set himself aside. And when he did, he didn't really know how long he'd be there, but by his own testimony, He's just saying it was three full weeks. That's 21 days. Now on the 24th day of the first month, as I was by the side of the great river, this is Tigris, I looked up, and I will not read this whole thing uh, because I want to make a point of it, but I, looked, I lifted up my eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen whose waist was girded with gold of 
Euphaz. And his body was, in other words, it was an angel. Showed up. And so let's move ahead here. And the angel came to deliver the answer to Daniel. And so then we move ahead down to verse 10. Then suddenly hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees and on the palms of my hands. And he said to me, O Daniel, man of greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright, for I have now been sent to you. While he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. Then he said, Do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me twenty-one days, and behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the king of Persia. Now I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days, for the vision refers to many days yet to come. I've always thought this is a powerful thing on patience. The minute he set his faith, the minute you ask for wisdom, the minute you, you do a petition for your healing, or you, whatever it is, the minute that you before the Lord, you put your faith out there with the Word, uh, guess what? That answer is on its way. And you know, probably one of the most difficult things to teach people to get a hold of are things that they confess out of their mouth. Because very few Christians realize the power that's in us. We're God's king of kids. I mean, our true residence is in heaven right now. I mean, we're, we're seated together with Christ in heavenly places. When we issue something as believers, it's powerful. Really powerful. So, whether that be positive or negative, it's very powerful. Thus, when you stand there before the Lord and you've got a problem or you don't have a problem or you're interceding for somebody or whatever it is, once you set your faith, you don't necessarily have to go without food for 21 days, but sometimes you set some things aside. Say, well, I'm not going to do this till I hear from the Lord. And that has power. That's perseverance. <laughs> and guess what? When this happens, you know, the more you do this, uh, the more you get a habit of persevering, habit of being there, and you don't you don't let any compromise come in. I'm telling you, if I'm believing for something, they're not going to hear any negative out of my mouth in that realm. It does take discipline, but see if Daniel would have turned around, that you know he he set himself up there and he's gonna he's gonna do this deal and he's not gonna drink any wine and eat any bread. And if about two hours into that, he says, well, heck with it, it's not going to happen. Guess what would happen? Nothing. Hopefully I'm making my point clear. It's, it's a steadfastness required. It's a maturing process and really understanding other, another thing. God wants us to have these things. He wants us to have every benefit that, he, he, that Jesus died for. It's all done. Devil's defeated, right? Jesus carried our sickness and our sorrows, carried our pains, it says in the Amplified Version of Isaiah 53. He carried all that for us. All He really wants is us to enjoy that. You know, He says that I want you to have and enjoy life. Well, the only problem with that is we do have an adversary that goes about seeking who He may desire. So we have to be aware we have an adversary to our things. 
But the adversary can work most powerfully by what we say. We just have to understand the deal with Daniel. And why didn't he get the message right away? Well, the Bible makes it really clear. There was an enemy to that message. I mean, here he, God, here he goes up to heaven with this request. God wants that answer in the earth because it's something we can read today and understand some of the future of everything. God wanted that message here. But the Prince of Persia, who is one of the leading delegates of Satan, <laughs> said, no, I, we don't want it. I'm going to fight you. So here's these two angels, a good one and a bad one, and they're doing battle up there. But see, Daniel's steadfastness refused to give up, drew another angel, Michael, to come and help. Think about that. I mean, think about it in your own life. Think about how much power is available to you just setting your faith. One person can move tremendous mountains with their faith. We have a big say, and we have to say it, right? That's why I gave us a mouth. Uh, yeah, I know, I know some say, well, we have a mouth and two ears. We should hear <laughs> more. But we have a mouth, too. And, and whether it's uh, praise and worship or it's issuing our faith, that, this mouth has to be... It, that's how we issue our authority. You know, and I, I hear people, and it kind of disgusts me, really, because I think they're trying to be religious, and I don't want to be mad or mean at anybody, but they'll say, well, my, my faith is really silent. Well, uh, your life probably reveals that. You're probably silent. <laughs> you're probably not any threat to any mountain, right? <laughs> uh, you're probably not a threat to any anybody, uh, you know, any, any uh, spirits of darkness, because you're... Your faith is silent. <laughs> so, oh, uh, let's go to, uh, there's a couple scriptures. Go to 2 Corinthians 2.14. We've got a couple of them we're going to do here. Familiar scripture to many of you probably. But it's simply, Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of His knowledge in every, every place. In other words, He always causes us to triumph good scripture what does it mean to triumph well triumph really means you beat somebody you win right is that what triumph means it also indicates there might have been a battle but here it says he always leads us in that triumph see that's why we we set our faith for the wisdom or the answers or whatever because he's going to lead us you know jesus said uh, i think we hit that the other night too where where it, Jesus is leaving over in Luke and he said, I'm going to uh, leave you with the promise of the Father. Go look at that real quick. It doesn't hurt to go review some of these things. It's Luke 24. It's right there where he's leaving. He's about to get out of here. And he says in verse 44, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which are written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And again, that just means he completed what he was here to do. And we, we can read about it. There was hundreds of prophecies he was coming. So that was all completed. Then in verse 46, uh, Then he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for Christ to suffer and rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sin be preached in his name to all nations beginning in Jerusalem. And you are the witness of these things. But 49, Behold, I send the promise of my Father. Well, what was the promise of the Father? The Holy Spirit. 
the Helper. He said, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. So the promise of the Father was the Holy Spirit to, to live in us, lead us, guide us, show us truth, show us things to come. Think of that. Think of the power that's in us. And this isn't the day I talk a lot about the power of the gospel, but to as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become the sons of God. Why does he use that word? Because he wants it operating in our lives. Why? Because there's challenges. Even though the evil one's defeated, he's still the God of this world. And we have to we have to walk in all the things that Jesus died for. Now here's another one that I think is, if you haven't seen this before, over in the 23rd Psalm. You say, why is he going into the 23rd Psalm? It always amazes me how every funeral has a 23rd Psalm in it. Yeah, just about. <laughs> if you're going to have a good funeral, you have to have the 23rd Psalm, which to them is a death psalm, and and the Lord's Prayer, and I don't, whatever. I mean, I, I love the Lord's Prayer. Don't get me wrong, but I love the 23rd Psalm. There's a couple things in here. You know, the Lord is my shepherd. And if you read an amplified version of it, it says, the Lord is my shepherd. What's a shepherd? He's there to feed us, guide us, and shield us, right? If you have a shepherd of the flock, that's his job. Well, the Lord is my shepherd because he can feed me. He gives me all my provision. He guides me by the Holy Spirit, and he shields me. Amen? So that's, that's my shepherd. And it says, I shall not want. Well, I, that means you aren't going to be in lack. That's really what that means. To go wanting means you're short something. Your life isn't where you want it, or maybe it's finances, maybe it's... You're, you're, you go wanting. You see people every day, they go wanting. There's something missing, right? There's lack in their life. And I wrote a little note here one time. I'm looking this over, and it just seemed obvious that... Uh, you need to convert your wants. I, I just saw that. I made a note of it. How do you convert your wants? Well, you go to Mark 11, 23, 24, and put a petition to the Lord. This is, this is what I want. This is where I have a need. This is where I have a lacking in my, my body, my pocketbook, my marriage, my family, whatever it is. Hey, let's get it over there. Instead of wanting and walking around like, you, you know, down in the mouth and you don't have something, get, get some faith going after. Does that make sense? It does, doesn't it? But it, it takes a little thought of, instead of just going all the ways that we normally would go, it takes the idea, no, God wants to meet our requests. He wants to meet a petition. He wants us to have all this stuff. And I'll show you a couple more of these things in this, this. So remember to convert your wants. Don't go around saying you don't have this, you don't have that. Don't do that. When you know you need something, just get it converted. Get your faith going right away. And immediately believe you receive it once you set your faith. When do you start believing there in verse uh, 24? When you pray. You don't pray it and then think next day. No, if you got one, let's get on it. I just find it, that it's so important to walk in walking with this as we get ourselves stirred up a little bit. And we start knowing God wants us to have these things. <laughs> That's a helper, right? He's not holding us back. Remember, remember the uh, Jesus said the thief has come but to kill, steal, and destroy. But he said, I've come to give you life. Abundance in life. How many want the abundant life? 
Sure, we all do. Well, we tap into the abundant giver, right? Now, let me show you something else here. Uh, of course, obviously, not intending to teach this whole psalm, but but the second chapter, uh, second verse, he leads me into still waters. In other words, he brings peace into me. You know, gets me calmed down. He restores my soul. He gives an opportunity to renew my mind. Like I said, this isn't the complete teaching on the 23rd Psalm. But he gives me an opportunity, talks about it in Romans 12, to renew my mind. Why does he want our mind renewed? He wants to start th- us to start thinking like he thinks. Why wouldn't he? He's, he's God. He made us in his likeness. Why wouldn't we want to start thinking like he thinks? See, there's a conversion takes place in your life as you start to do that. There was time in business one time, you know, I've been a lot of marketing in my life and I was in a situation years ago, I guess I was in a recruiting situation and it was in California, I had some offices set up over there at Berlin Games south of San Francisco and I was recruiting people but also was developing a sales force more or less. You know, especially with Christians, you know, they started there, some things began to happen like this one individual had some things going on and I didn't know how to how to deal with it specifically the young man had a handicap and he was really kind of wanting to manipulate me a little bit but my job was to build him into something and you know help him so I I went to the Lord because I was distressed I didn't know what to do and and it was it was just an example of going for that wisdom because immediately the Lord spoke back to me. He says, look at him like I look at him. You can't feel sorry for him. You can have compassion on him. But the idea is to build him into something where he can overcome this situation. So uh, that was just something, uh, a personal experience. But I found out many times in uh, in training people or, or helping uh, believers, when I didn't know the answer, I would really, I'd say, I don't have the answer. answer and then God just kept saying, look at them like I look at them. I mean, start thinking about the word that I would give them if they would seek me. And it, it set me free because uh, I knew enough word then and could go find some more. If they had a problem, we'd take them to the word. And, and I'm talking about in the business world. I'm not talking about in a church setting. I'm talking about the uh, highways and the byways and out there where the Lord has had us for many years out there and all over the all over the country and, and special things but now let's let's go past that verse 4 yea well though I walk through the valley of the shadow of the death uh, I will fear no evil well there's death all around us right now but we're not to fear you know again I, I want to move through this we're not to fear if there's fear in the life that's a that's a mountain get rid of it speak to it thou shalt not fear you know don't you don't you don't walk in fear it won't help you at all the thing about fear is it does cancel out your faith and I know from personal experience it preaches real good but I know from personal experience being in a real hard place one time when fear almost took me over in, in a, a major situation and I, and I was paralyzed for about a day I don't mind telling you it was a company we started several years ago and we're going along fine never had an attorney never had to I do a lot of my own stuff and one day I had a federal court filed, a lawsuit filed on us. 
and it was unfounded, but it was like when I realized the ramifications, the first attorney I went to said, yeah, well, we can help you, but the first letter is going to cost you 20 grand, and if there's an answer to that, the next will be 50,000, and if we ever even th think about going to court, it starts at a half a million, and I'm paralyzed. <laughs> I'm saying, come on, we've started this company, we've, we're doing good, everything's been so peaceful, and all of a sudden, and, and, but I woke up. A few hours into that, I woke up, I, uh, and it was like, out of my mouth, I said, I refuse to fear. Satan, you're done. I refuse to fear. And you know, the very second I did that, guess what happened? God began to orchestrate our, how we'd get out of that. And before it was done with, we came out clean as a whistle. It was a messy deal. I'm talking about international attorneys after us out of South Korea mean mean people and I, I could tell you more about that testimony but the key was when I said I refuse to fear because I was paralyzed I don't I'm not I'm I have to tell you I, I hate to admit it but faith man or not I was stunned <laughs> let's put it that way but once I said I refuse to fear it was gone it was like it was like a balloon bursting if I'd have stayed in that fear, it would have cost Sandy and I everything we had. And it was unfounded, but still, you know, you go to court and half a million, million, I mean, that way would have wiped us out so bad. But the testimony is, don't let fear have your life. Speak to it. Get it out of there. God's faith is behind that. That's the thing we have to realize. When we issue things according to His Word, all heaven's behind that. Now, let me prove that. If I can go back where the wind blew my... Okay, let's let's move on here. Of course, we know that uh, your rod and your staff that's got to the Word of God and the Spirit of God, they'll comfort. We That's not... But here in verse 5 is what I wanted to get out. I want you to hear this. It said, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. God wants to display your victory. There's a time even in the future when our enemies are going to sit there and see us blessed God wants to display it and that's where he always leads us in triumph or causes us to triumph he wants that displayed he wants his people to be displayed he wants you to triumph and he wants people to see it so you anoint my head with oil my cup runs over other place it causes your face to shine. How many how many are aware would you see a shining Christian? <laughs> Isn't that awesome? You see people that just glow sometimes. It's so cool. Just the glow. Because the Holy Spirit, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. But he wants to display your victory. I don't know how else to say it. When you have a need or a want. He wants you to be in victory worse than you do. Why? He wants to display you. That's why He puts, puts that hunger in our heart for the Word, because the Word of God is the only way we're going to get there. <laughs> Getting our minds renewed, thinking like He does. You know, God's not given me a spirit of fear, but a power and love and a well-balanced mind that thinks like He does. There's only one thing out of more Scripture, because I think I've pretty delivered what I should have delivered today but over in Psalm 30 in uh, closing I want you to see something 
one of the ultimate things we want in our life isn't necessarily so everybody can see us and say, oh, look at them, how spiritual they are, blah, blah, blah. We want a witness out of our life. That's why men and women of God that are really walking with the Lord, there's not two people there. You know, you guys have been in a lot of churches. You've seen a lot of things. All of you have been around a while. If you're like me, I like to see that guy that's teaching. I like to see his uh, his other life. To see if it's like the one he's teaching me with, or she is. And, and I, that really probably isn't part of the point. But there's great favor that God wants on your life. He wants favor to be all around you, everywhere opening doors for you you know sandy's got this thing about parking places she has great favor with parking and it's amazing <laughs> we'll pull in a busy parking lot there's no way she'll say well i have great favor in parking god will give us one and it's amazing and next thing you know it's right there you know sometimes right in front of the door and i say well that's pretty good isn't it <laughs> but the point is in verse chapter 30 let's go to verse 4 just as a Preliminary, sing praise to the Lord, you saints of His, and give thanks at the remembrance of His holy name. For His anger is but for a moment, but His favor is for life. Isn't that awesome? We step into that favor, and that's, that's for life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. But His favor is on your life for life. Isn't that awesome? Why could we ever have a bad day? Well, because there are challenges, and sometimes as tough as we want to be and wordy as we want to be, sometimes there are days when, you know, you go through a challenge. But the idea of the challenging of your faith produces perseverance. Let them come. Let those challenges come. So we can know how to defeat them the next time, or even this time. Bring them on. The devil's already defeated. And so we've got him conquered. If we can conquer this soul up here that sometimes wants to get in the way of that transporting this message from here, you know, whatever, that's a challenge. That's what we have to do. Praise the Lord. Help anybody today? Praise God. His favor is for life.